Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The following show contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual references. You know, spicy stuff. It's 2016. James and I are hoeing into spicy food and spicy discussions at our go-to Chinese spot on a Friday night. The topic of the night was our usual, race. I mean, as a Filipino person, I can tell when an actor isn't Filipino, mm. you know what I mean? But I don't know if I'm mad at it at all. I don't think I'm mad. I mean, it's a step in the right direction that they wrote that character at all. Mm. And I mean, I've definitely played characters that haven't been Chinese. Oh, same. Case in point. I've played Chinese. You, like, <laughs> played my dad one time. <laughs> Then, a group of friends walk into the restaurant. I'm not going to lie. I'm checking one of them out. He's cute and smiling at something his friend just said. I catch his eye and smile. He smiles back. I raise my eyebrows, sending Chai Ling a knowing smirk. What? Classic Chai What? What do you mean? You just so your type, bro, to the days. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, yes. Tall, big nose, glasses. Of course. I've been friends with Chai Ling long enough to know I'm right. You can talk. <laughs> Let me guess which girl you find attractive. I gesture to a girl across the restaurant. Brunette, blue eyes, curvy. Got him. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Where are you getting that from? <laughs> okay, here, let me show you. Pass my phone. We take each of our phones out and scroll back through Instagram profiles of our past relationships to compare. There are definitely similarities. No, that's so different. That's, she does uh, not Excuse me, like your that. ex is the same type as your current girlfriend. Look that's at them. That's not true. We go through X after X, date after date. We're laughing and ribbing each other, but with each example that comes up, something starts to click. All of them were white. Kia ora, I'm James Rocket. And I'm Chai Ling Huang. And we're two Asian millennial creatives who happen to be best friends. And we've noticed that we share a trend in our dating lives. That's right, we've only ever dated white, white people. people. And we're here to find out why. For RNZ, this is The Elephant in the Bedroom. A show on dressing sex, love and race. Okay, so since 2016, we've been around the block. You mean we've slept with a few more people? I don't want to say that, but yeah. (laughs) We've kept coming back to this conversation, though. How does race influence who we date? Right. We want some hard data, so we've each put together a pie chart. Containing all of the people we've ever slept with and given each different ethnicity its own colour. White New Zealanders are represented by the colour blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's just right. let's just see. Let's do okay. it. Right. How diverse is our sex lives? Three, Three two, two, one. one. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually, your one's not that bad. So on Chai Ling's one, it's blue. Uh, for like two thirds of it, and that's like labeled white park here. But then the rest is pretty diverse. There's a lot of slivers of different colors in there. Slivers, that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. That's pretty good. It's you like know, half a prism. Yeah. And James's one. Yes. By contrast. Yes. Is a a sea of blue, <laughs> which is white Pakeha New Zealander, and uh, we've got a little few crumbs of. Uh, yeah. No, I'll take the crumbs. Color in there. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> 
So, I mean, look, you might be thinking, wow, Charling's uh, dating life is so much more diverse than James's. Is. Well, actually, we also made a different pie chart oh. of people that we've had long-term relationships with, and we're about to reveal them now. Three, okay. two, one. And now Charling's <laughs> pie chart looks like my pie chart. I hope you're happy. I'm looking at two blue pie charts. Okay, mine has a bit of red, and it's like a Pac-Man. Okay, so the blue on your one, most, which is most of it, is white Pakia New Zealander. Tell them what the red one is. White from the UK. Yeah, so premium white. That's like source energy white. <laughs> yeah, that's like where they make white people from. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a clear trend here. A pattern, you would say. Yeah. What does it mean that we've only ever dated one type of person? That's a bias. It's a clear racial bias. Mm. What does that mean? Is it problematic? I don't know. Are we potentially feeding into white supremacy? Dare I say? This early in the dare, game? Dare you say, ma'am, <laughs> she says, twirling her moustache. But, um, but, but you mean, are we, by always choosing white people over everyone else, propping up the system of oppression that we live in that enables white people to hold power, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thereby inadvertently signalling that they are better than everyone else. I'm scared. Yeah. It's pretty full on. What the hell did I get myself into? (laughs) And if you weren't paying attention earlier, neither of us are white. So I'm Chinese Pākehā. We're in New Zealand. So Mm -hmm. Pākehā means white New Zealander, essentially. So I'm biracial, Mm -hmm. Chinese, white. Yes, and you were born here in New Zealand, right? I sure was. And I am an immigrant uh, from the Philippines. I am Filipino, um, part Filipino, part Filipino, which in New Zealand means Filipino. Let me me describe a little bit about us. I first laid eyes on James in 2009. I'm about to do a group audition for drama school. He's a tall Filipino dude pacing outside, hair spiked up at the front, gangly and nervous. Hi. Hey, uh, are you auditioning too? Uh, yeah, I am. (laughs) Yeah, same. Are you nervous? Nah. Uh, nah. You? (laughs) (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We both got into drama school. We're in a classroom trying our best to walk around from our pelvis. Move from the pelvis. Breathe from the pelvis. Be the pelvis. A year later, James and I perfect our 28th new handshake sequence. We're best friends. And a one, two, three, and... It's a unique thing that we have. Two people stepping blindly into the world, insecure about what Asianness meant to us, putting on plays and talking late into the night until it started to make sense. Without him, I'd probably be nowhere. Oh yeah, we kissed once at a party in first year and I definitely did not instigate it. That's a lie. That's yeah, not says true. You. That's a lie. It's Who not are we a lie. Gonna believe? It's not a lie that we did kiss. We did kiss. Okay, we okay, we did kiss. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. And it wasn't great. <laughs> I met Chai Ling at our drama school audition, waiting to be called in as a group. She had a short haircut and was wearing headphones. And I remember thinking she felt like someone who was really sure of who she was. Since then, we partied nervously to drama school, cried about the people who didn't love us back, and sent the same meme to each other on Facebook annually for the last eight years. As a theatre maker, Chai Ling is one of the fiercest, most hardest working women I know. She's someone who finds creative inspiration and things that us mere mortals wouldn't even bat an eyelid at. She'll be like... Oh my god, look at that leaf. It reminds me of a leaf from a tree that grew in my father's backyard. That tree was really special to me because it reminds me of being Chinese. 
which actually gives me an idea for a play I want to write. Then, like, a year later, she'll win an award for that play. I both admire and envy this quality in her. And even though she's a liar who'll tell you that I instigated that one time we kissed at that party, yeah, right, she wishes, I can't think of a better friend to have founded our theatre company, Proudly Asian Theatre With, as well as come with me on this journey. That's like the nicest thing I've ever heard you say to me. I know, and um, and that is all you're going to get from me ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the best thing I like about our friendship is that you've seen me at my absolute worst. Oh, confirmed. Um, okay, don't <laughs> jump on that. And best, I yeah, was going to say. Right. I'll give you that. But we do better each other as people. We do. Uh, while making dope work. A good metaphor, though, is our company, right? Proudly Asian Theatre, which used to be called Pretty Asian Theatre. And by pretty Asian, it's like sort of Asian. We founded it together after drama school in 2013 because we'd hardly seen any Asian people in the theatre in New Zealand. We put on shows and in the process, we helped each other become Proud, and that's why we renamed it. Proudly Asian Theatre. Yeah. Yeah. So the podcast is a continuation of this work, I Mm. guess. How can we ask people to better themselves and call to the industry to be more diverse, more inclusive, if there's a chance that we're not doing everything we can in our personal Mm. lives to better ourselves? That's right. And, And so when we ask things like, why do we date white people exclusively and is it problematic, you know, now you know a bit more about us and you can understand why this is really important for both of us. Right, right? it's everything that we stand for and do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, c- I can already hear people lighting their torches and getting their pitchforks out, warming up their fingers to type comments in the comment sections, <laughs> ready to troll. Oh, you're, you're saying white people are a problem, bro? Huh? You're equating white people a problem? No, that's not what we're saying, okay? We're not coming at you. This is not an attack on white people. We don't hate white people. To be clear, we literally have only ever dated them, so yeah. we actually love them very much. We, we love them. I love them. They're my, they're my jam. <laughs> it's also not an attack on people of colour who have the same trend in their dating life. Yeah, it's not. This is just us having a frank and honest conversation about something that we feel needs to be discussed. Because it's true that both of us have only ever dated white people. But when it's exclusively white people, whether it's intentional or not, it feels like there's something else at play. Is dating exclusively white people another way of giving white people power in a Western world? basically worried that this is a blind spot that we have yeah and it's something that we've noticed that's not just us yeah it's a lot of our friends and colleagues that also have this type Mm. and we need to find out why hi my name is david corrales i'm a stand-up comedian and i know you james roque because you're also a comedian and you're like my filipino brother in stand-up comedy i'm your actual dad i'm your dad yeah you're my (laughs) you're like eight (laughs) months older than me (laughs) We're born in the same year, you fuck. What's your experience with, like, dating and race? Dating and race? What's the first race? thing that comes up to your mind when I... Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> I used to really just have a very, like... What's the word? Specific? A specific type. Yeah? Yeah. What was your type? Like, wh- white woman with mm-hmm. brown hair. <laughs> Are you in my head? Because <laughs> that's me. <great. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I think that was what it was for a really, really long time. Yeah. How long would you say? I'd say until maybe like 2018. Are you trying to think of when you started dating your current girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like that outsider pressure from other people 
to for you to date a certain type of person to get like social credit? A, a little bit. Yeah. Thinking like my friends aren't gonna think that I'm dating someone who's attractive because they're mm. Asian and they don't fit that yeah. stereotype that I saw the cool kids, the girls that they would go for. It's like a class thing. Yeah. So it's like a social status symbol kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. They're like, oh shit, David's with a like a fucking model type. Mm. Good on him. He must be killing it. Yeah. He must be a really cool guy. He must be really good with women. Okay, so speaking of uh, complicated relationships to whiteness, the first person I thought of was Amanda Grace Leo. She is very active um, in the space of body positivity, um, POC activism, etc. Um, and she is very open. Like, she poos with the door open, open. For years, I've chased, as you would call, the bland Parker boy image. But were you only going for that specific type? My first boyfriend was Thai Chinese, because mm-hmm. I was in Singapore at the time. Yep. And then, after that, I predominantly dated Parker. Was that, was that in conjunction with you moving to New Zealand? Yep. Interesting. Yes. And I think there was a turning point in my journey of being here in New Zealand where... I did actually subconsciously look for Pakia, mm-hmm. and I think it had to do with my own wanting to assimilate. So what does the bland Pakia boy represent? Mm, as a symbol, yeah. And I realised the obsession per se wasn't so much with the person, it was with what they represented. Mm-hmm. So what he yeah. represented was your assimilation to yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, to New Zealand, or to maybe Pakia culture. I think mm. I wanted to have that dream of perfect assimilation of being mm. a biracial couple which weirdly gives me like a buy-in to mm-hmm. being Kiwi or Aotearoa yeah. or being seen as like yeah. legitimate because I've married Pakia and then you know you can go and do your Pakia things which is like drive to try to see his beautiful parents in the mount yeah. you know for Christmas so like all these things that I think are outside or you don't you don't necessarily experience with Chinese culture wanting the wealthy Pakia lifestyle is for me a symptom of wanting to belong and wanting to feel... Mm, they're one and ex- the same almost. Yeah, they, they are one and the same to me, I think. It's so bizarre because the moments that we truly feel aligned and empowered is when we really step into our uniqueness and what makes us different. So David just reaffirmed a lot of what I already have been thinking of in terms of... Um, the Philippines' relationship with colonization and how whiteness kind of holds a status and it's a bit of a symbol of power for a lot of Filipinos. Um, It did get me thinking, like, I feel really yuck about maybe realizing that I got with my current girlfriend, Esther, because of an inferiority complex. Like, that's... That sucks. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I think I'm going to have to dig deeper. If I'm going to learn more things and discover new uh, aspects, I need to talk to some more mates who have different experiences from me. My friend Sam, he is a queer psychologist, and so I think he's going to know a shit about this, and I'm excited to hear what he says. Kia ora, I'm Sam. I am 27. I am originally from the UK. I grew up there till I was 13 and then immigrated to New Zealand. My family are from Zambia, 
as well as from the UK, so I'm biracial. Do you think you have a type? Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Shamefully, maybe. Um, hey, I'm not here. We're not, we're not type-shaping here. Doubt, I mean, that's that's, not, that's not the point of it. Maybe we should be type-shaping. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think if you were, like, to line up the previous men I dated, they would all be short, white, and smart. It didn't take too long to realize the pattern. I mean, you know. Yeah, take, after three, you're after like, After okay. three, you're like, okay, there's a yeah. trend here. Uh, <laughs> something consistent. But what I've never really done, I guess, until more recently, is try and understand, well, exactly why is it that type of person? Because um, it's one thing to just have the pattern, but then to understand why the pattern exists is like another kind of... Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, a couple of different things that maybe all layer on top of each other. Obviously, there's the kind of more general, just systemic things, right? And mm -hmm. that clearly there's biases in society about what's deemed attractive. Mm -hmm. And generally, there's different qualities on that, but whiteness is one. And I think that that's particularly strong in the gay community. Why do you think that is? For white gay men, I should say in particular, they feel like they're facing their own injustice. When they essentially shit on other minorities, they don't, they don't acknowledge it because they're like, well, I'm gay. How could I be <laughs> yeah, racist yeah. as well? Yeah. So Sam's theory is that the gay community lets racism slide because they're already a minority. And it kind of makes me go, does the fact that I have struggles as an Asian guy give me blind spots that I'm not aware of? Okay, so next I want to hear more about what other things people attach to whiteness. So I'm going to get in touch with my mate Michael, who is a Filipino designer. I would say that probably that type is definitely influenced by like a whiteness. And I think the ways in which whiteness holds a kind of aspirational kind status, of status or, yeah. and kind of power financially. I think growing up poor was like something that definitely kind of influenced or kind of like how to kind of attraction to a kind of a center. Do you reckon it was a way for your younger self to try to elevate yourself. Absolutely. It was yeah. like, I'm sure it was like deeply strategic um, <laughs> that it was like a thing about like, how do I kind of find spaces that like mean that I don't have to kind of be like a poor Filipino person. What makes these conversations so impactful to me is that the choice to date white people seems to be so linked to your identity, potentially on a really deep level. Yeah. It was really hard to listen to all of our, like, beautiful friends talk about how they didn't feel accepted or, or like, yeah. like, loved in some type of way. Yeah. It feels like this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, well, we should find the rest of the fucking iceberg because that boat's about to crash into it. <laughs> anyway, let's go talk to more people. Okay, so I just got home. I am setting up for my Skype date with Andrew Grace, who I met last year in LA at this Asians in Film conference. He is a writer, actor, biracial Chinese white guy. Basically me, but just better. Do you think it's normal to have a type? I think there's been an evolution. I think I used to definitely have a type. So a little bit about me. I grew up in kind of central US in the north, Wisconsin, if you look it up. Very white spaces, um, pretty conservative. So I think I definitely did have a type. Um, but I didn't realize that just because that's this kind of space that I was growing up in. That's also the media that I was watching. It was basically all US media, which is mostly white folks. So not only was I around mostly white folks, that's also what I was kind of trained to view as desirable. So I think I definitely had that type. 
But I don't know how much to beat up on people or myself about that. And I would say that type has radically shifted as I went into college and frankly just met more people who weren't white. Uh, it was as simple as that. True. Okay, uh, I'm about to talk to my good friend, Roseanne Liang. She's a Kiwi director. And what put her on the map was a documentary about wanting to marry a white guy and her father disagreeing with it. So, you know, I couldn't not speak to her on this project. Do you think you have a type when it comes to attraction? My type is people who are in their element, who are creatives, who are technicians. And most of them, most of the people that I work with are white. Um, occasionally, you know, there will be people of colour. If they're good at what they do and they're in their element, I'll be attracted to them. Representation in mainstream media, how much do you think that plays into how people's ideas are shaped in terms of sexuality and and, and stuff like that? I mean, I think it's hugely influential. These are storytelling mediums. These are Mm. the stories we tell to each other to reflect back to us. These are mirrors and these are ways that we understand the world Mm -hmm. and so when you only see supposedly beautiful white people falling in love it's like well I kind of want that I want to buy into that fairy tale Mm -hmm. so representation really does matter well these interviews have just raised more questions than (laughs) answers Um, but it does seem to be something that people are really grappling with but something that has surprised me is Something kind of boring, which is um, your environment. So, yeah. like, who you're exposed to, who you're, like, just physically around. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah. anticlimactic. Well, no, it make, it, I don't know. If, <laughs> it's anticlimactic in that, like, it just makes sense. You know? It's like, not a very dramatic reason. Yeah. But it feels like a big one. Yeah. For me, though, I know, personally, my narrative is is very different to the proximity one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just because I, I grew up... In a multi-ethnic neighborhood, I grew up in a multi-ethnic school. It was very diverse. So I think there's still something going on there where I've selected for a type. I don't know if I uh, if I necessarily line up with yeah. that narrative. And I think if we go back to the stats of the pie chart, yeah, <laughs> which is our you, uh, favorite you just like got thing. your paper. All right, if you just go back to the the, the pie chart. <laughs> well, if we go back to that, almost a mm. quarter of Auckland, which is where I was born and raised, yeah, is Asian. Yes. So you can't say that you never saw an Asian growing yeah. up. There's no correlation to the Asian. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm a rapper, and I didn't even know no it. No way. But, yeah, if we were looking at that, the pie yes. chart should be about a quarter Asian. Yeah, but it doesn't line but up. But it's not. If you have a type mm. that's not based on um, who you were around or your environment, mm-hmm. who's next to talk to? Well, for me, I think I'm going to talk to someone that... That a has a st- <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what this show is for. No, oh, no. I'm gonna I gonna talk to someone who has a similar experience uh, with me. I already know who this is. <laughs> it's our friend Marwin. Yeah, who- exactly. Marwin is a Filipino Kiwi like me, um, but unlike me, he's a very buff personal trainer slash actor who's just like fizzing with positive energy. Have you ever noticed any trends in your dating life? I remember going to one of your first ever workshops and, you know, we were asking questions about race and, um, you know, my perception on being Filipino. And then that stemmed into um, the type of people that I've dated. Mm. And I was like, shit, 
white, blonde and blue eyes, you know? I didn't even know that. Have you had any other moments, any other breakthroughs? You actually gave me a breakthrough. And uh, we were talking about dating one time and you brought up this. You were like, yeah, man, that fucking excuse that I don't date Filipino girls because they look like my sister. Man, that's so full of shit. That was what you said. And I was like, oh, that's what I always say. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I used to say as well, so you're not, you're not alone. I remember sitting there and I was like, oh, bro, you're right. That is, that is some bullshit-ass excuse. What are your feelings towards it? When I was five years old, right up until I was 25, I was ashamed of being Asian, ashamed of being Filipino. So I asked myself, am I attracted to these type of girls because I was ashamed? Or is it also, that's just what I sexually prefer? Or how much of my sexual preference is just predisposed DNA? Is that just what I am and who I am? There's no why, there's no reasoning, it just is? Where are you at with it right now? Bro, I'm here with you. When you told me, I was like, bro, this is it. Maybe James has the answer or- I don't have any answers as well. Sorry to disappoint. I've got, I've just got more questions, if anything. Ah, uh, yeah. truth. It's really confronting hearing all my friends talk about the shame that they feel to just be who they are. Mm, because, that's a good word, shame. Yeah. And I think it's shame for being shame for being Asian. It is mm. just a, such a sad factor when it comes to something as beautiful and pivotal in your life as dating. Yeah, for sure. Dating, love, sex, which yeah. should all just be positive, untouchable mm. things. Have you ever felt shame for being Asian? So when I've dated white woman before uh, a couple of them have made comments about about it like oh wow I've never dated an Asian guy before and I think for them they're trying to kind of say as a, as a compliment because they're like wow you're breaking the mold congrats but for me I take it as oh you see me as not just a guy that is a factor that comes into play for you like I came into this thinking I'm just a cool swaggy hot guy but you looking at me through that lens there used to be shame attached to that now i'm like hell yeah i'm asian and guess what i'm here to change your mind <laughs> oh my god i'm here to change Put your world your girl profile, <laughs> but actually listening to myself now i i don't know if i'm any better i'm sitting here looking at these women as white woman, not just woman. And I know it's not a direct comparison because the power structure assumes that white is a default, so they're not, like, othered in the same way. But, I mean, I'm still looking at them through the lens of their ethnicity. Mm, so it's true. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it still doesn't change the fact that it sucks hearing that and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you? Did you, have, did you ever feel that shame before? I feel I have a mix of white privilege as well because I'm mm. biracial. Mm. So I... I do feel, I have felt ashamed for being Asian and it's awkward and embarrassing. I'm a very difficult for Westerners first name, Chai Ling. Mm. And I feel like that's the thing that always trips me up when I, I start sweating, when people are like, so what's your name? And like, how do you say it? And can I call you something else? And it's just mm. like, you go like, ugh, I'm, I'm trouble. Do you like, ever get I'm asked not... if you have a Western name? Yeah, all the time. Really? Um, but yeah, sh shame, well, shame of my identity for sure. Like, either being not Asian enough to be accepted by Asian people in my work mm. or for um, being too Asian in white spaces where they just, they struggle with you. And yeah. you go like, wow, I'm now not a person, I'm a burden. Yeah. It goes back to the other point of this being such 
such a personal thing with really high stakes because it's tied to your self-worth and your, and your self-esteem. It's tied to who we are. Yeah. And why we are. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that we've both dealt with this, mm. especially within relationships. Yeah. So one thing that we haven't talked about is our actual current relationships. Yeah, because uh, we're both in long-term relationships with white partners right now. My partner Esther, your partner Hayden. Yes. Yeah. And they are a really big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about them. Tell me about Esther. How did you meet? Okay, so Esther is a, a beautiful French-Canadian woman. So I met her because on my our mutual friend's Instagram, uh, Sadia, she was very heavily featured in her, her posts to the point where I was like, I think they're a couple, and I think Sadia's new girlfriend is really cute. Um, but eventually after... A bit of sleuthing, a bit of detectiving, a bit of Batmaning. I found out that they weren't a couple, and I went sick. And I, <laughs> I slid into uh, her DMs, and you know, we got to chatting. Found out we have uh, very similar sensibilities and senses of humor, uh, and we really hit it off. Do you think that Esther's whiteness played a factor in how you guys got together? Yeah. I think so. That took a long time to admit, I think. But I can't deny that she fits into my type and I can't get past that. But I think it's transcended past that now. Like, I think it's, it's beyond type now. It's, we've got like a r- real good, solid connection. What about you? Tell me about your partner, Hayden. Uh, where'd you meet? Three years ago, I was swiping on Tinder Ooh. and I got a super like from this guy. So we were chatting and then... Um, a couple weeks later, I'm, like, having cheesecake in bed with this other guy um, who I was seeing at the time as well. And I get this phone call from from a friend who is the kind of friend who would call you at, like, one in the morning, just, like, drunk on a rampage. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll humor this. And she's like, hey, I have someone here to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, cool, but make it quick because I'm in bed with a man eating cheesecake. And then I hear, like five people laughing and I'm like oh great I'm on speakerphone cool and then I hear this male voice being like hey it's me it's Hayden from Tinder it's really nice to chat to you yeah we've been together for like um, like three and a half almost four years now Mm -hmm. and it's the first open relationship I've been in we've been open for nearly all of that time we finally feel like both of us can really be ourselves in every aspect. Mm. And to me, that is absolutely priceless to find someone who loves you for who you are, no matter what. But it's allowed me to to date and fall in love with um, people who have been extremely important in my life and still are, namely the guy from the UK in my pie chart. But he's, um, <laughs> yeah, we've been dating for about a year and a half and uh, mm. it's been life-changing, so... So yeah, this is this relationship means a lot to me and um it's just been the absolute best. Okay, I'm going to throw the same hard question you threw at me before now. Uh do you reckon Hayden's whiteness played a role in you guys getting together? Um yes, I feel like it must have given the pattern, but I don't know exactly how or why, which is the bit that worries me and kind of freaks me out. <laughs> you felt like you were out of control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, I just fell in love, but like, did I? Mm. Do you feel weird that I'm 
making this podcast because we've been dating for three years and you're white? No. Do you think it will change anything? <laughs> Are you afraid it might change anything? No, because you've already delved into this subject for the last three and a half years <laughs> and probably before that, before I knew you. This is true. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's always more stuff to learn. I'm about to embark on this journey, but I don't want you to feel like, I don't know, weird about it. I don't feel weird about it. I'm glad you're talking about it. Okay. I think it's definitely a thing. And like you said, all your friends are doing the same thing as you. So there's a common denominator around. Like, mm. what's so let's unpack that. Why is it like that? And is it problematic or is it okay? Yeah. Is that the journey that you're going to... Well, that's my question. Yeah. Is, should I even be thinking about this? Does this matter? Yeah. Well, then you're about to find out, right? Hey, Lang. Yeah. Have you ever thought that maybe we're just throwing grenades into our relationships for the sake of the work? Like, what if at the end of all of this, after all the interviews we do, after all the chats that we have with experts or whatever, that we learn that the only way to stop perpetuating the systems that we're trying to dismantle is by not continuing to date white people, which means that we would have to break up with our white partners. I have thought about that. We are now kind of accountable to walk the walk, right? It's a big elephant in the room. This is potentially the most personal work that we've ever done because it's not a story, it's not a character, it's us. This is our lives, you know? Before we move on, there's just something that we want to reiterate to the audience of the show, and that's we promise we're doing all of this in good faith um, and we're doing it with good intentions. And it's to try to understand how we can all better ourselves as people. Yeah, I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot and it might get hairy. We'll do our best to leave no stone unturned, but we're also aware that things might get missed. What do we do now? Well, we have a lot of good ideas and anecdotes to pick our next path from, but if I'm honest, top of my list is something that Marwin made me think of that I've always been a bit scared of finding the answer to. What if there's a genetic element to this? Like somehow, what if we're just hardwired to select for a certain race, to be more attracted to a certain race? Yeah, I think I've definitely heard of the idea of like dating outside your ethnicity as a way to strengthen and diversify your gene pool. Do you mean, is there an inbuilt biological reason that we date white people? Yeah. Yeah, that could be a game changer for sure. (laughs) Which is why I've always kind of had a hang up about it. Okay, well, firstly, how does attraction even work? Like, from a scientific point of view, you know, do we know? Well, I was talking to this behavioural psychologist at a party one time. (laughs) Just casually? Okay, well, this feels like a whole new episode. You got it, baby! Okay, consider this can of worms officially open. Huzzah! I'm not doing huzzah with you. Well, high-five me at least. No, I refuse to high-five huzzah. The Elephant in the Bedroom was made for RNZ with funding from New Zealand On Air. The show was written and hosted by us, James Roque and Chiling Hot. Our producers are Ruby Rehana Wilson and Kelly Gilbride. The show is executive produced by Notable Pictures, Julia Parnell, Brett Wilkie, Ewan Atkinson and Proudly Asian Theatre. Post-production by Matt and Ricky at Evoke Audio. Nikita Tubrian did our theme song with additional music by Tom Dennison. Special thanks to everyone who spoke to us for this episode, David, Sam, Michael, Amanda, Roseanne, Andrew and Marwin. And thanks to the folks at RNZ, Megan Whelan, Tim Watkin and Tim Bunnell. And thank you for listening. Thank you.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.